Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's up? Welcome to the College Football Daily. It is February 5th, signing day. This is a special signing day edition of the College Football Daily. I'm Trey Scott. I'm joined by 24-7 Sports National Insider Steve Wildfong. Steve, how are we doing are we tired? Are we exhausted? Are we feeling okay? Trey, I'm fired up, man. We're in the podcast room here at the 24-7 Sports World Headquarters. We just finished our show. I hope all of y'all watched it uh, on the 24-7 Sports Network. We had Nick Saban on talking about Alabama's class. Uh, Mario Cristobal came on and talked about the number one recruiting class in the Pac-12. Uh, a lot of insight from Barton Simmons on on some of these recruiting classes. And uh, I I'm excited now to be on your podcast. Yeah, too, yeah. Well, I'm glad to have you on, and we'll do we'll do a, a quick winners breakdown from signing day. And look, like we knew it wasn't going to be that big of a day. It the haze in the barn. Eighty percent of the class uh, signed essentially in December, but we had some scoop today, and we we had some storylines we were tracking during the day, namely the race for number one. And it, it looked like hey, everything was in place for Alabama to come up and grab the number one spot in the country for the ninth time in 10 years. And all that had to happen was the tie just had to land four-star defensive tackle McKinley Jackson, right? It was it was Alabama or A&M for McKinley Jackson. If Alabama lands him, they're number one. And yet McKinley Jackson, as you predicted, goes to Texas A&M, striking a blow to Alabama's chances for one, meaning the Georgia Bulldogs finish this 2020 cycle at the top. So kind of break that all down for me and really what happened. So Georgia's number one now for the second time in three years, but this is their fourth class that's in the top three. So the roster that they're going to take the field with next year is four top three recruiting classes. So the expectation for them at this point, and rightfully so, is you're competing for a national championship and no one's going to feel bad that you had a quarterback transfer out and then you had to bring in another quarterback transfer. This roster is a highly recruited roster of coveted guys and they're in Athens and it's on Kirby Smart and his staff to develop them and and turn them into an annual title contender because that's what Nick Saban has done at Alabama. Uh, uh, so uh, this is Alabama. They finished second um, of the uh, ten years. They've been first or second all every time. You know, eight first as you as you alluded to. Uh, McKinley Jackson was one that um, for the last couple weeks I was feeling a And M. Uh, for for him. Uh, But obviously you can't shut the door on places like Alabama and LSU. Now I will say that after he, so he, he took an unofficial to Alabama in January, the weekend of the 17th, because he had took his official during the fall. Alabama had a coaching change. They bring Freddie Roach in to be the defensive line coach. He was at Ole Miss, had a previous relationship with McKinley. McKinley goes to Tuscaloosa to spend some time with him on an unofficial. Then he takes his official to LSU the next weekend and the returns out of that one was that he's not going to LSU. Okay. And so Texas A&M gets the last visit. Already felt good about A&M going into the visit, um, 
But you just for what Alabama's like the one school where it's so hard to pick against them. Like what, what's your stress level when logging a crystal ball pick against Alabama on a recruitment that's going to be decided on National Signing Day, which is like Nick Saban's day. Exactly. And then you're and then you're talking about Texas A&M. Yeah, they beat Alabama for Bobby Brown, but that was an in-state game. 2 years ago. Yeah. Now you're going into the state of Mississippi for an A&M has not Jimbo Fisher. This was a big win for him to show the recruiting chops that Texas A&M can have moving forward. Yeah, they beat Florida for Donnell Harris. They had some wins against the Gators in in the previous cycle, but it's not like beating Alabama and LSU for McKinley Jackson, uh, who's uh, one of the more coveted defensive tackles in, in the country. But Elijah Robinson did the best job of connecting the with the A&M McKinley. assistant coach. Yeah, the defensive line coach. He's an up-and-comer in the SEC. He's a guy that's going to be sought after. Penn State tried to uh, hire him, per our reports, to fill the spot that Sean Spencer just left to take with the New York Giants. But he's going to stick around at Texas A&M, and why wouldn't you? Because you saw DeMarvin Leal... The uh, number uh, he's a top five recruit last year in the top two. He was in the discussion to be number one, and and, and he knew he was getting McKinley. McKinley had told A and M that he was coming, and 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 so he was on his official visit when uh, Chaos Spencer left Penn State, and and, uh, so he he knows what's in the in the hopper. He's staying at Texas A and M. They they now have had two straight top ten classes. This class that's ranked number six actually has a higher score than the class ranked number four last year. So a lot to be excited about in College Station. This was a terrific defensive class for AM and McKinley Jackson was the icing on top, but certainly stressful to pick against Alabama late because you know that they're capable of killing dreams as they've done it so many times, a lot of times to LSU, uh, but they don't uh, discriminate on who they can dust up at the end. Your recollection of names as you kind of went through that is jarring. And I like to think that like your head will hit the pillow tonight. And you're going to start to sort of let yourself forget a lot of the 2020 names as you look to 2021. It's kind of mind-blowing. I think everyone should spend 10 minutes talking recruiting with Steve Wolfong. So A&M is sixth. They're a winner. Georgia, we already talked about. They're a winner because not only did they not get jumped, but they, they signed two elite linemen in Broderick Jones and Cedric Van Pran, who they had committed but not signed. So Georgia, A&M, you got another... I'm not going to mention South Carolina yet because this podcast is about to go live and we don't know if Jordan Birch's NLI is in yet. And this reminds me of a conversation we had in December in Fort Lauderdale. Like, how can we call the Gamecocks a winner if Jordan Birch's NLI isn't in? Or do you feel good about this still? I don't know why his LOI's not in, and, and I think LSU made it very interesting down the stretch, but I'm tired of picking against South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, to, You're to not going to triple Jordan down Bur- here. Right, right. And so um, I don't know what – I have no information on why the is not in. I do think that they had to legitimately beat LSU twice. Um, LSU was the runner-up the first time, and, and he could have shut it down. I mean, they, they said that he didn't sign because they do a special ceremony at the school uh, at in February – Great. Uh, other schools and, do and, that too. And let me lay the land for the special ceremony as we record this at 3.30 Central Time on Wednesday afternoon. Jordan Birch's ceremony a few hours ago, he stood up and just said, like, I'm going to play with my friends in college. That's obviously a nod that he's going to play at South Carolina. You would Right, because, I mean, teammate Alex Huntley signed with South Carolina today. But for him to not explicitly say it's, it's South Carolina, everyone relax, and then for us to be on – Two, three plus hours now of waiting for his LOI to come in. Like you think, you think that's at least a little bit weird. So 
It's it's one of those recruitments. I think Jordan Birch is in the realm now with Zach Evans. Is like we're just kind of tired of talking about it. Steve, Tennessee had a lot of upward mobility entering the day. I did not know they had the potential to jump into the top ten, but that's where they currently sit right now after adding top two four seven receiver Malachi Weidman and four star athlete Demarcus Beckwith. Jeremy Pruitt to to ink a to ink a top ten class after the topsy turviness of last season. This is pretty impressive. Look, I, I think that right now you look at the way Georgia's closing each cycle. Kirby Smart not disappointed very often. Um, feeling that way for Jeremy Pruitt and company. They went five for five at the end of the early signing period in December. They had two targets left here very late, and even early this week. People were saying Malachi Weidman, if he flips, it's going to be to Ole Miss, but not so fast. Uh, uh, um, and, and we were saying Tennessee for a couple weeks, but there was some Ole Miss buzz coming out of his Ole Miss visit. Uh, Tennessee, when they lock in on a guy late, uh, they're, they're closing at a high level, and, and, and they had the number 13 recruiting class last cycle. Now it's number 10. They're going to have a couple five-stars, three five-stars on their offensive line this year. Uh, and and they and they're bringing in a lot of speed and playmaking ability on offense in this class, including the two they landed today, headlined by Malachi Weidman. I do have to point out though that they're tenth nationally, but seventh in the SEC. If that gives you any idea of how tough it is to recruit and then win in this conference, which we're not even going to mention them, but kind of speaks to how impressive people the last few cycles or the last few signing periods. I want to say Florida is a loser, and that's true. Like they did get a four-star defensive end today in Princely Unmanlian. But at the end of the day, the Gators still have the number eight class. So you didn't write them down as a winner, Steve, but at number nine, the Texas Longhorns, and, and we're a few minutes away from Alfred Collins is the four-star defensive end about to announce his presumable commitment to Texas. So it's a good day for the Longhorns. And I just wanted to mention that as we as we mow down your, your list of winners because it's got a lot of SEC schools as we get into Arkansas. So I thought we should add like a little Big 12 flavor to that too. Well, no, I, I mean, this art, this Texas class is number one in the Big 12 again. They had to hold off a challenge from Oklahoma. It's in the top 10 again. And kind of similar to what I said about Georgia earlier, Texas had, I think it was three straight top three classes, two, right? Two straight. Two straight. Yeah. And now they're nine right now. After I, I, a disappointing I mean, season. Sure. Yeah, I, I, the, I, I, I hope everyone appreciates that I just like wedged Texas into as a winner here on this podcast, well, despite the fact that they're not a winner in the article. Well, well Alfred Collins is a five-star in the top 247 player rankings, and he's a guy that we think should develop into a first-rounder in Austin where we expect him to go. And, and it's a nice D-line class for Texas. But just in the grand, in the whole – like the expectate, like this is a team that should be competing for a national championship next year based on the recruiting rankings and based on the level that we say that they're recruiting. And 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 last year it looked like they were getting closer, and then they had some regression this 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 past year. And so uh, there's been some coaching changes on staff. We'll see if Coach Herman uh, and what kind of changes he makes to himself as the CEO of the program because there's been a lot of scrutiny on him. But there's not a shortage of talent in that program at Texas. I feel like they've elevated every position room there. So now it's about getting that culture right and getting these Jimmys and Joes running in the right direction every play. So Arkansas is number 29 in the rankings. That's really nice considering I don't even know what number they were when Chad Morris was fired, but it was definitely sub-65, which is out of the Power 5 range. They got Malik Hornsby today, a top 100 player. Number five dual threat quarterback in the country, uh, a Texas kid who early on in the process had A and M and the Longhorns sort of in the mix for him. 
is Arkansas, is this sort of what you expected with, with Sam Pittman? I wasn't sure. I mean, obviously he was a really good recruiter on the offensive line uh, at Georgia and had a great reputation as just being a man's man. And, and, and high school coaches and, and, and parents love being around Sam Pittman. He's just got a great personality. He's extremely passionate about Arkansas, so uh, you add that to just his overall energy. Uh, with Malik Hornsby, I think the difference in that recruitment, though, was Kendall Bryles. Uh, he was recruiting Malik at Florida State. That relationship, it was a, a seamless transition from Tallahassee to Fayetteville. He's really comfortable with the offense and really comfortable with his potential uh, developing uh, under Coach Bryles. And I think he's got a chance to be special. I mean, he's got he's a little raw as a thrower of the football, but he doesn't turn it over. I think he's had under five interceptions his junior and senior year. High touchdown numbers, 2,000 yards passing, 1,500 yards rushing. He's fast, uh, he's smart, and he looked good at the All-American Bowl. You saw him, Dre. Yeah, so Felipe Franks will be the starter this year in, in Fayetteville, and then it could be kind of fun to see them turn over the reins to Malik Hornsby because I think a lot of the times when you have a new coaching staff, it makes sense to yeah, maybe marry him with a, a bridge-type quarterback and a Felipe Franks, someone who knows what he's doing, but and then sort of start your start your era with a young guy who you can take your lumps with and grow with too. In Arkansas, really one of their big issues was that quarterback room. They had like just six was, different guys, right? And it's now, six different guys. Now you got Felipe Franks, who's proven that he can win games in the SEC. He's taken a team to a New Year's Six bowl game, and, and, and then you have the talented Malik Hornsby coming in behind him. All right, so those are the winners from signing day 2020 2.0. Georgia, number one. Alabama, number two. Clemson, number three. Pound for pound, the best class in the country. Clemson's. I mean, yeah. you look at Alabama's and Clemson's classes, and maybe I'll get flamed by some Georgia listeners. Like, It's not hard to to think that Alabama's and Clemson's might be better, and maybe that's – I'm being – I'm not blinded, but I'm falling in love with the generational quarterback that Georgia doesn't have in this class. Well, if you're average ranking per commit guy, Alabama, Clemson's one and Alabama's two, and you're they're right. the only two – um, classes this year over 93 in average, and they're both close to 93.5. I'll correct you on that. Actually, it's Bama now as number one average, 93.56. Oh, because they lost Jason Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. So, Clemson. So, it did, so by subtraction, yeah. uh, Jason Jones flips to Oregon, who's a four-star. Yeah. So they're, that's how good Alabama's class is. Jason Jones is a 24-7 sports composite four-star recruit. He, but it's like an eighty-nine something grade, like barely a four-star. Uh, no offense, and he flips to Oregon, and their class average goes up. Uh, but thanks for correcting me. I would have, sure. I would have ran around for the rest of my life saying Clemson won pound for pound this year. I would, I don't think I would have looked again. We'll finish this top top ten. LSU, the defending national champs, have the number four class. Not really a class that's getting a lot of buzz because they didn't have any massive signature victories in December or in February, but. It's really good. Uh, Eric Gilbert's going to be a baller next year. But the question with LSU is, so their program turned around when Joe Burrow uh, came in there. Oh, there's and, no question. And, and evolved, right? And so Miles Brennan's a guy that we ranked extremely high, and hopefully he lives up to that now that it's his turn. LSU has two quarterbacks in this class. They both have upside, but I'm not so sure that I'm ready to deem them as the guys to continue the prowess at that position. And and so TJ Finley and Max Johnson. But you know, they've always had dudes at other positions. Now they have the offense. So hopefully, uh, you know, they'll get the signal caller position will stay hot. If you had told me in December that LSU was going to, to sit out a very talented year of grad transfer quarterbacks in the transfer portal. I would have been shocked. And it's interesting because LSU probably could add Haynes King 
Uh, oh, okay. Uh, Four-star quarterback who signed with A&M. Right. And, and, and so Haynes King was a guy um, that's in the top 247, but he had some struggles this year as a senior too. Uh, certainly has flashed a ton of potential a, as well. Uh, so I'll be kind of following that quarterback storyline a little bit from this class. As LSU could have had Haynes King, in my opinion, uh, but they went on the other two young men and got them committed first. And, and then uh, Haynes King picks A&M over Tennessee, which then leaves Harrison Bailey in a one-quarterback class. And he had a great senior year for Marietta. He could play early in, in Knoxville. Number five, we're going quick, Ohio State. This class is defined by these receivers. Two five-stars in Julian Fleming and Jackson Smith in Jigba. Another top 247 guy in G. Scott. Another top 247 guy in slot-type Mookie Cooper. Justin Fields is going to have a ton of guys to throw to next year because there's a ton of talent returning in Columbus and Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. But whoever replaces Justin Fields is especially going to reap these benefits. It could be C.J. Stroud, the five-star quarterback who's in this class. A&M is number six. Auburn is number seven. I feel like every year Auburn's like in seven to 11 with like just the quietest class. This is actually, not to correct you, this is actually their best class in like four or five cycles. Let's look. Yeah. I, so what, what, what's they, so they good about this class? Six, no, I'm saying just from a number No, standpoint. I know, but like what, what well, about this class well, stands out to you? I, I think first you kind of start with the offensive skill. I mean, you got running back Tank, Tank Bigsby uh, in, in this class. Uh, who who saved his best football the last two seasons for the state playoffs? And they and might need him immediately with Booby Whitlow entering the portal on Wednesday. They, they have they signed a, a really talented receiver class, uh, headlined by Kobe Hudson, uh, who was actually the first invite to the uh, All America Bowl. They continue to hit big at linebacker, uh, Landon Wesley Steiner, who's as athletic a player as there is in the country. I think only Julian Fleming had a better the opening rating than him. And, and, and then Zykevis Walker, they're always good for like a big recruiting win uh, or two a cycle. Zykevis Walker was a guy that everyone had pegged to Georgia for much of the cycle uh, out of the Peach State, and he picks, he picks Auburn. So. Yeah, at, at number seven in the country, this is Auburn's highest recruiting rank since 2014. Right, when that's, they were six. That's crazy. Talked about Florida, talked about Texas, talked about Tennessee. That's really it here, folks. I guess the only news I have to share with you, and I don't think Steve is – loves talking about it still is that USC is number 54. And at this point, it's just like, what are you going to say about the Trojans? 54 in the country? Their worst ever previously was last year when it was, what, 20? Well, they have, 20. No, they have no chance to recruit right now. I mean, you're either the, – the administration there, and they've obviously had change over there. You're either investing in him and supporting him, or you, get, or you make a change. You, there's no waffling. And the waffling has really hurt USC – uh, on the trail uh, to attract blue chippers when look negative recruiting is recruiting and and um, USC is pretty easy to pick apart just from a straight what's your uh, you know what, what's you, who's your coaching who, right and 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 they, and 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 the, and the struggles the consistent struggles but I think that they feel like they got a chance to do well again next year, and, and they, I think they felt that the injury bug kind of got yeah. them a little bit this year. Well, so. who, if, if it's not Clay Helton as their coach next year, whoever takes over will have an absolute roster deficit to deal with because they were a recruiting class at 54 right after one of the 20s. You can, you can, like, you can say whatever you want as a fan, and we found a three-star gym, and, we, and Keaton Slovis wasn't a highly ranked recruiter and all that stuff. The data bears it out. Like that's not a title or a conference championship winning roster. So anyway, Steve, I'm going to let you hit the road. Appreciate having you on. 
Signing day for the 2020 class, it's officially over. And I guess the only story left to, to track is what will Zach Evans do? But we've talked about that so much this week. So let's and wait till I, March. And I don't know. <laughs> let's wait till March. Let's wait till March. Um, that'll do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. Please go leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review if you, you know, have something nice to say about Steve and his insane recollection of names and recruiting information. For Steve Oldfong, for Connor Tapp, for our producer, Tony Levitt, I'm Trey Scott. We'll see you on Thursday. Take care, y'all. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.